Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. One day, when Jesus was talking with his followers, he received news that Lazarus, one of his close friends, was very ill. According to the narrative, he deliberately waited until Lazarus had died before he said, let us go unto him. Arriving at the tomb of his friend, Jesus was confronted by Martha, a sister of Lazarus, who said, Lord, if thou hadst been here sooner, my brother would not have died. He replied, thy brother shall rise again. He was preparing his followers for the event that was to follow in his own life, and he was going to prove that the spirit cannot die, that man is an eternal being. At the center of confusion is peace. At the center of doubt is certainty. At the center of death, yes, even in death, is life. It was life that Jesus recognized, and he recognized it where death only appeared to be. Having lifted up his soul into life, he turned and commanded that Lazarus come forth. We have all made tombs for ourselves. We have bound ourselves by fear, by superstition, by unbelief. We have lain down in our own self-created graves in a, in a state of stupor, in a state sometimes resembling a kind of death. And yet, outside our tombs of self-imprisonment, there is always a voice silently, sweetly commanding us, Awake thou that sleepest. I'm reading from Words That Heal today. We've been using this book uh, this month, and it's one of Ernest Holmes' forays into doing new thought interpretations of the teachings of Jesus. And I thought it was interesting today to, in addition, of course, celebrating the, the resurrection of Jesus, to hear in Jesus's words what a resurrection really represents, this idea of awakening to a new life that it doesn't require death to experience rebirth, that it doesn't require us to go through something even like death for us to wake into something greater than what we're experiencing today. So happy Easter today. Um, first of all, I want to try out this idea of, are we sleeping? I've done, uh, well, a lot of you know that I enjoy uh, researching things, and uh, you might be I don't know, uh, I'd like to say surprised, uh, but all of the leading research over a dozen different studies of, uh, uh, of neuroscientists show that over 80% of our thinking is entirely unconscious. In fact, some of the studies show it above 90% of our thinking is unconscious. Now, there is actually some good news here. So let's do the good news first before, before we like, oh, Lord. <laughs> the good news is a lot of that activity is actually a good thing that we don't have to think about it. 
what would it be like if we had to consciously think about everything that our brain is in charge of? It would be scary. It'd be like, well, now the right foot goes out and now I have to think about the left foot going out and now I have to think about the right foot going, I'm forgetting to breathe. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay, breathe. All right, breathe in, breathe in. Now, Now the right foot, breathe out. Now the, oh my gosh, I forgot to digest my breakfast. Right? So, so actually the, the good news is that we don't have to consciously think about everything that our brain is in charge of thinking. But the bad news is that conscious or not, our brain directs all of our activities and it does so based on what has happened to us before. So for instance, uh, I mean, we all got here today, right? But how many of us really consciously paid attention to what clothes we picked out, the, the way in which, you know, we shampooed our hair, or, or even how to get here. In fact, uh, the other night, uh, so, so my partner and I frequently head down to our little place at the beach. And, and as we came back, we pulled into the garage and I went, how did we get here? <laughs> Have you ever done that where, where the, especially I think it's driving home from work or something that's a very repetitive thing. You suddenly realize you're pulling into the garage and holy heck, how did you get there, right? Something as conscious, well, hopefully as conscious as driving, even our unconscious mind will take us where we want to go without even thinking about it. Now, The bad news is, well, and it can be a good news story too. Actually, it depends. If you want tomorrow to be exactly like today, you don't have to do a darn thing. In fact, if you want tomorrow exactly like today, I'd recommend just sleep your way into it, right? Because our our brain will take care of it all. Our brain will dress us tomorrow. Our brain will make sure we sit in front of our eight hours of TV or go to the job or, you know, whatever is necessary. We don't have to put forth any conscious effort. But I hope you're getting the same sinking feeling that I am. What if we want tomorrow to be better? What if tomorrow we want a measure of joy and peace that we haven't experienced today? What if tomorrow we want a better job or a better relationship? What if tomorrow we have a picture of that brand new day that Linda was singing about, right? I want some of that. And if I want some of that, I got to wake up to it. Because if I go with the same old, same old in my thinking I will get tomorrow almost identical to today. Now, it will have its pluses, but it will have the same negativity that I experience today. It may have some of the small joys that I experience today, but what if I want more than the small joys? So the question to a degree is, how do we go about waking up? How do we make some changes in our lives that will move us forward in a way. So it's not just reaching for that same old, you know, it's Tuesday, I'll wear the blue top kind of thing. How do we move beyond that? Well, I'm going to start with a joke, I think, because I like starting with jokes. And uh, actually, two different people said, well, no one's even going to get this joke. It's only a minister's joke. So I hope they were wrong. We'll, we'll, We'll try it out. 
So the old English church was overrun by wild rabbits, hence the Easter joke. They kept, they kept multiplying and they were quite a nuisance. After some thought, the parish scheduled a meeting to, what could, uh, to see what could be done with it. The elders of the church said that poisoning or trapping the rabbits was way too dangerous. What if a child was trapped? What if a family pet was to eat the poison? These methods must be avoided at all costs. Now the children of the church felt that they could not harm any of God's creatures. So humane traps or some method of relocation must be desirable. But it was actually the vicar that proposed the best solution. He said... Let's baptize them. We'll officially make them church members. Well, now, how's that going to help, ask one of the church elders? How is church membership going to get rid of these vermin? Well, said the vicar, it won't get rid of them. But once they become members, they'll only be a problem on Easter and Christmas. (laughs) Now, you see, it's not... It's not just a minister's joke. I knew, I knew you would get it. I knew you would get it. But you know, I think that actually addresses this idea of asleep. We get into our patterns, whether it's a pattern of coming to church, whether it's a pattern of work, and to interrupt the pattern to become more fully awake on a daily basis, I'm going to suggest something that I learned when I was going to the University of Oregon. A lot of you know that I, uh, you know, I'm a U of O graduate. I bet a lot of you don't know that I made money two years in college by writing down my dreams. The University of Oregon is one of the pioneers in sleep studies across the United States. And a lot of the research actually being done on, uh, uh, on patterns of sleeping, on sleep apnea, of dreaming, of all of those things took place uh, down at University of Oregon. And I got paid, believe it or not, $25 a month, which actually in the day wasn't a bad payment uh, for writing down as many of my dreams as I could. And so they taught me how to remember more of them. And, and after about a couple months, I was writing down at least three dreams um, uh, a night. And then once a month, they would hand me my check and I'd hand them my dream journal. And you might ask, where am I going with this? One of the things, uh, other than you could make me make some money, I don't know if they're still doing it. One of the things, though, they told us, because a few people in the study had nightmares. And they said, you know, it's not such a good thing if I'm remembering nightmares in great detail. And so one of, the, uh, one of the, the people in the study who had some experience with this said, you just have to ask yourself a question. If you're in the middle of a nightmare, you just have to ask yourself, am I sleeping or am I awake? And after a few times of practice, you'll be in the dream and something unpleasant will be happening and you'll just say, am I awake? And that will either get you out of the dream or it will change the nature of the dream. And sure enough, although I didn't have very many nightmares, it worked like a charm. And I would like to propose that today for us. My thought is, if we indeed are spending a lot of time when we're asleep, a lot of time making repetitive motions, doing the things just because we did them last year or last month, What if every time we came up to a decision point, especially the important ones, right? Especially the important ones, we simply asked ourselves, am I awake? 
Am I asleep? Am I making this decision just because it's the same kind of decision that I always make? Or instead, shall I wake up to the full potential, the full set of possibilities in this moment? I'm going to try a couple ideas on you uh, for size here. First of all, has anyone ever done the same thing several times in a row that was a disaster? Yeah, quite a few of you. I, I mean, I will have to admit, the first three long-term relationships I was in, it could have been the same person. And it was not a good thing. And I remember thinking to myself, as I, as I was uh, dating a, a person number three, I remember thinking to myself so very clearly, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm not, I'm not going to be with someone that treats me poorly, I'm going to stand up for exactly who I want to be and how this relationship should be. And suddenly it was, hi, how you doing? <laughs> you know, suddenly it was the bright eyes again and the, the fog rolling over me. We cannot accept that kind of repetitive actions and reactions in our life. You know, it reminds me of that old story of the man walking down the street and looking up and noticing not much of anything, and he falls into a hole. The next day, the man's walking down the street again, and he's looking around, thinking to himself, you know, there's something that usually happens around here that I don't like, and he falls into the hole. The third day, he walks around the street, and he's like, I'm watching for that hole. Yep, there's that hole. Oh, my gosh. I'm, and he falls in the hole. The fourth day, though, he walks down the street and he goes, ha, 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 no, you don't. And he walks carefully around. Guess what happens the fifth day? He walks down a different street. <laughs> how do we learn how to walk down a different street without the, the four days of nightmare. Am I awake? So we're going to do a little process to reaffirm our awakening here, a, a little bit of a process where we will get to experience some newness in our own lives. But to get ready for it, I would like you to close your eyes for a moment because I think we can practice this idea of am I awake or am I asleep? So close your eyes. And what I would like to have you imagine is something that you would like improvement in your life. Maybe it's a job that you would like to have improved. Maybe it's a relationship where you'd like to see more harmony. Maybe it's, a, oh gosh, I don't know, a family that you'd like to see together again or, or your finances in, in better, uh, better shape. And if you would, now that you've got the problem or the issue you're thinking about, imagine a solution to it. Imagine how it could be if that wasn't an issue anymore. Maybe you're experiencing um, uh, a health challenge of some kind. Imagine yourself uh, with that relieved, with that health challenge gone. Maybe your marriage is having some, uh, um, some activities going on in it that are difficult for you. Imagine those difficulties ironed out. Imagine harmony in your marriage. So, so whatever your condition is, Imagine that that's solved or enhanced in some way. Now ask yourselves, am I really awake 
to the full potential here? Or am I asleep? Am I just imagining something slightly better, but something a whole lot like what I've experienced before? So if your solution to chronic pain was to have the pain lessened, an awake person might say, I'm completely, utterly healthy. If you're imagining less arguing going on in your marriage, an awake person might imagine the bliss of two people co-creating a life together that is fabulous. So again, I want you to take a look at whatever that scenario was and see if you're awake to the full potential of what could be. And just notice if that's maybe a little different, a little grander, a little more loving, a little more joyous than your, your first take on it. You see, I think this is the power of being more fully awake. This is the ability to see beyond what we've done before or experienced before and really understand the full potential of us following in the footsteps of and co-creating with that all-powerful God. All right, so you can open your eyes now. What we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little bit of a process um, that I think, well, I hope you'll enjoy. The idea is for you to bring forward something that you would like to avow, something that you would like to claim, some newness in your life that you would like to have anchored. And we're gonna have a, a, a couple, uh, well, Reverend Sharon and uh, 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 Marilyn Sprague, and uh, I think Nancy is gonna come forward to actually be able to anchor your desires on hand. We also have a little place here, a symbolic place for washing your hands. And you might ask, well, okay, so what's that about? My thought is, if we're waking up from a long winter's sleep, What's one of the first things you want to do? If you're like me, it's like, I want to brush my teeth and take a shower. Well, we're not actually going to brush our teeth and take a shower today, but, but if you're willing, a symbolic washing of the hands, a, the, the symbolism here being, you know, I'm starting fresh. I'm going to wash my hands of anything that has held me back, anything that has created in my life difficulty. I'm ridding myself of it. I'm washing my hands of it and I'm ready to accept the fullness of my life now. I'm ready to wake up, make conscious decisions for my goodness. So we have a couple people also, I think, uh, Marcy and, uh, um, and Annette that will um, stand by here. If there's anything uh, on the top of your mind, in fact, that you wanna release, they can witness that. And when you're finished washing your hands, just step forward and the four of us will offer a little blessing to affirm this newness, this magical-like ability to claim something completely new.
blackbird has spoken like the first bird praise for the singing praise for the morning praise for them springing fresh from the world Sweet the rain's new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first dewfall on the first grass. Praise for the sweetness of the fresh garden, sprung in completeness. Where his feet pass Mine is the sunlight Mine is the What I know about all of these blessings is that they represent each one of us waking up to a new possibility in our lives. They represent each one of us accepting something new that is a little bit better, a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more loving, a little bit more present. That each of us is willing to step out with full consciousness, right? Not that, not that sleepy-headedness of we'll see what happens, but rather that sense of seizing the day. This is what I shall have. That is truly waking up. And so as we begin living this new idea of what life is like, whether, whether we anchored in a greater harmony or greater joy or better finances or whatever it is, I see each of us stepping out in it, becoming it. 
that if it's a better job, we become a better worker gliding into it. If it's a greater love in a relationship, we, we amp up the love in our own hearts, putting it forth as we move forward in that relationship. That, that to be awake is also to be, in a sense, responsible. That that thing that we desire, that experience that we desire, is also for us to bring about. And so, I anchor this in prayer by saying God is present everywhere. God is present always in, in these hearts, in these hands, in these minds. The, the desire that you wish is already yours. It already has been yours your entire life as you wake up to it. And so with that greater awareness, that, that greater um, ability to see the good before us, the greater ability to, to step into our greatness, that is what I know for this group of people today, that each one of us has that power to be present enough in each moment that we make great choices, that the world opens up to us, that life in all of its newness, all of its power is present. And I'm simply grateful for this. I'm grateful for the healings, grateful for the love, grateful for the security, grateful for it all. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.